before we get started, three times a week, the right time with Bomani Jones podcast brings you the latest from technology, music, and the very best analysis of the games. Plus, we have a community of friends, including Dominic Foxworth for Foxworth Fridays. That's the right time with Bomani Jones Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And Wednesdays and Fridays, podcasts are also available on ESPN's YouTube channel. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. Hey, it's been a while since I called myself the double champ. So I'm the double <laughs> champ, Daniel Cormier. That's my boy, Super Bowl <laughs> champ, Ryan Clark. RC, how you feeling, my boy? I'm feeling good, man. I'm telling you what, I'm feeling even better after I got to watch uh, Hamzat Chimaev and Gilbert Burns go toe-to-toe, man. I think that's what we were waiting on. And it was also kind of what the card needed to really oh, get a jump start, DC, because up until that point, we didn't have many exciting fights. It was kind of bad. It was kind of bad. And we will discuss that amongst many other things. Also, on this show, we will be joined by Gilbert Burns, who fought so valiantly this weekend against Hamzat Chimaev and will speak to Triple C. So we'll do one of our favorite segments, DC, RC, and Triple C, because he always brings the <laughs> fire when he comes on the show. But Ryan, you alluded to it. Hamzat Chimaev, Gilbert Burns was the fight that many were looking forward to when we went into the weekend. It absolutely delivered. Man. Some say it delivered above the title fights. It overshadowed it building into it, and it overshadowed it on the actual night. When you look back on that fight, when you think back on that fight, how satisfying was it to see Gilbert Burns fight in the way that he did, even though he lost and we saw Hamza challenge in the way that we needed to see to yep. find out if he truly is elite of the elite. You know, that, that was what that fight was about. One, you got to think of the courage and, and, and the bravery of, of Gilbert Burns. This is a guy who's number two ranked in the world. He didn't have to take that fight. And there were many people that were in between 11 and two that didn't want to fight with Hamzat Chemaev. And for him to stand toe-to-toe, he stuffed, you know, he gets taken down in the early rounds or in the first round. He fights his way back to his feet. And then we really don't see Hamzat Chemaev wrestle or grapple the, the rest of the fight. He He's Great. dropped. He drops Hamzat Chemaev. Everybody's bleeding. And, you know, really, when you go into the third round, it's either man's fight. And we watched him go toe-to-toe, nobody back down. I think Gilbert Burns has in that fight is one of those rare occasions where you gain respect for the loser. You yep. you look at the guy who lost the fight and you say, no, he shouldn't drop far in the rankings. Yes, he still should be in championship contention. He still is one of the elite fighters in the world. And then on the other side, we got to see Hamzat Chemaev pushed. We got to see Hamzat Chemaev hurt. And it was funny, DC, I was thinking about Rocky. And obviously the fight was never like Drago and Rocky. But when Hamzat Chemaev started to bleed, I was like, see, he is a man. He, he is a man. He can bleed too. And so it was cool to see that. You know what I mean? And I think, yeah. And I think, you know, a guy like you who, who was also a champion can really respect two men going toe-to-toe in that manner. And there wasn't even a belt on the line. Very rarely do you go into a fight where there are so many questions on both sides, right? Can Gilbert Burns stand up to what has become the big bad boogeyman in Hamzat Chemaev? Is Hamzat Chemaev really that guy? Look, mm-hmm. we found out Saturday. We found out every single thing we needed to know. Gilbert Burns is still the elite of the, the elite. Yeah. And I don't know why it was ever in question. 
The only way it looked like it was in question RC was because the odds were stacked so heavily against them. Mm -hmm. But obviously, that's why we play the game. You know, they always say that. That's why we play the game. Well, yeah. Hamza Chimaev is the real deal because he got pushed. This dude that fought four times and yeah. he got hit four times. He got hit so much last Saturday. He got taken to places that he never intended to go, especially not to this point in his career. It's still early. It's still very early for a young fighter. And he fought the number two guy in the world. He got his hand raised. And he also was able to go through the fire in the, the sense that he got dropped. He was pressed. He was pushed. And he still won the fight unanimously across the board, I believe. I think it was 29-28. All our did somebody score the fight uh, for Gilbert Burns. I'm not exactly sure. I was watching with a whole bunch of Armenians. And they were all kind of hoping <laughs> Hamza won. So I wasn't able to really say, you know, like it was, it was a weird situation. But um, it was it was a fantastic fight. And both of these guys raised their stock in a fight where it, it absolutely delivered. Very rarely does a fight have that much hype on it, Ryan, and it exceeds yeah. the expectation. I thought that one did that. DC, did, did, do you believe, though, that the hype was more about who Hamzat Chemaev could be and that he would actually either be tested or we'd watch him dominate Gilbert Burns. And in watching that fight for you, how do you now view Hamzat Chemaev as it pertains to someone like a Kobe Covington or the champion Kamaru Usman? If I'm being honest, I, I honestly give him more value. It's mm. so absurd that people are saying he was exposed. Exposed for what? Exposed for what? You just got in the game, right? Your highest level fight was against Lee Jingliang. And because of the way that you beat him, you got pushed all the way up the rankings to the number two guy in the world who right. had just beaten Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who had fought for the championship against Kamara Usman. He was not exposed, Ryan. He was not exposed. If anything, he was proven further to be a guy that is very dangerous as he gets closer and closer to the top of the division. Because now, if, if Dana is, is, is successful in making him and Covington, then you would imagine that he's one more win from fighting for a championship. If he can fight in the way that he did last weekend, if he can show the heart that he did yeah. to get through the situations that he got himself into last weekend, he this is a guy that will be a challenge for the champ. Kamaru Usman, but no, his stock did not drop at all because so many times we see these hot prospects, RC, get tested and they wilt and they quit and they right. crumble. He didn't do that. He kept pressing and he got the job done. Hats off to Hamza. Yeah, I think, you know, what, what was amazing to me in watching it, DC, was the few times, you know, Gilbert landed significant strikes and Hamza would just wave his hands like, come on. And yeah. You know, I always, I always wonder when I'm watching you guys, is that a little, we used to call it Fifi, right? We used to call it false <laughs> enthusiasm. You know, when, 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 when you don't really want something or you're not really excited about something, but you fake it so everybody else feels it. So I'm watching him thinking, does he really want Gilbert Burns to keep coming forward? Does he really want to continue getting hit? And that was important to me for people to see because we had never seen him hurt. I mean, hell, we've barely seen him get any strikes landed on him yeah. in the UFC. And so to see him take, take in the deep water, to see him touched up extremely early, I thought that was what people needed from Hamza Jemaev. You know, like 
to dominate DC and to, 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 to beat people the way that he has early on in his UFC career is cool, right? But yep. what do we always say about our greats? We like to see them go through wars. Yep, we want to see, we want to see some of that adversity. And so, DC, is it when you look at the way he won the fight against Gilbert Burns? I can't believe that going into it, that's what his coaches and trainers wanted—that they wanted mm -hmm. a, a entirely stand-up striking match. Are you surprised that he was able to win in the fashion that he did? Not surprised, you know. For so long, he has relied on the, the wrestling. That's why he's been so dominant, taking people down and smashing them. Wasn't surprised because if you look at their stature, if you look at the size of both men, you would imagine that Hamza, with the, he's the bigger guy, he's the longer guy, he's the younger guy. He would hold a lot of the advantages in the striking. Gilbert Burns is a grappler. He is a jujitsu-based fighter from the very beginning of his career. Now, has he developed into a world-class striker? Yes, but he was mm -hmm. a jujitsu guy. Hamzat is a big wrestler, but he has shown on multiple occasions massive power in his hands. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised. I was surprised that the fight went as long as it did, and he wasn't able to get him out of there, especially when he mm -hmm. hurt him. When he hurt him with the jab and he dropped him, I thought yep, he would back off and he would get back to trying to land that punch, but he never seemed to go back to it. He was content with being in the battle and throwing. he threw a lot of uppercuts and tight and just kind of loading up to try to get Gil out there, when in reality, he hurt Gilbert when he really just let it flow, and he landed yeah. that monster jab that put him on his butt. So when we look at, obviously, Kamaru Usman beat Gilbert Burns in very impressive fashion. I believe that this was an impressive fight by Hamzat Chemaev as well. But sometimes when the picture becomes clearer, you become less excited. Yep. Are you yep. still as excited about seeing a Hamzat Chemaev challenge Kamaru Usman? Or after watching that fight against Gilbert Burns, are you like, uh, maybe that's not the smoke he wants mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. You know what's crazy is I want to see the Covington fight now. You know, like, mm -hmm. take nothing away from his performance last weekend, but I need to see the Covington fight before I see him and Kamaru Usman because I just believe that on his journey, he needs to cross one more hurdle. Because before, right. it was it was all systems go towards the champ. But now mm -hmm. I think after watching last weekend, watching some of the areas in which he struggled a little bit, I would like to see him go in there with a Kobe Covington, a guy who's going to press him for 25 minutes, a guy that's right. going to wrestle him for 25 minutes, and a guy that has been proven without a shadow of a doubt to be 1B in the welterweight right. division. Let's Correct. see him cross that hurdle. Is that a knock on Hamza? No. But I do need to see a little bit more after last weekend. Also, not only for his physical uh, approach, Ryan, but also the mental. Because yeah. we saw Hamza drop Gilbert with the jab. We saw Usman finish Gilbert with the jab. Mm -hmm. Why was he not aware to go back to the well when it landed so effectively and he hurt him in the way that he did? So um, want to see the fight against Kobe Covington as he gets ready to fight for a championship. But he was only part of the equation, Ryan. The yep. other half of the fight was Gilbert Burns. And right now it's time to be joined by Doreno, uh Gilbert Burns. If there was someone whose stock went up in defeat and truly did show that he is one of the elite of the elite, it was yep. Gilbert Doreno Burns. And now he joins us for one round with Doreno Gilbert Burns. 
few days removed from a fantastic fight, my friend. How are you feeling? Feel good, brother. Feel good. You know, uh, heart hurts a little bit because for sure I'm I'm uh, I'm thankful all the fans everybody saying, but that fight was very winnable when I lost. You know, mm -hmm. very winnable. Got super close, but. You know, got a win bonus, got these, got that, but I lost. You know, that wasn't the goal. But I, I'm still, still happy with the performance. You know, putting a show and a showing, showing everybody that the guy is not a Superman. There's nothing crazy about this guy. He can get hurt and drop him a couple of times, but it is what it is. You know. You know, you look back on making the decision to fight Hamza Chimaev when a lot of people didn't want to fight him gilbert and you know you were the number two ranked fighter in your weight division and it was a huge risk looking back on it after having such an epic fight would you do it all over again the exact same way for sure even if i had get beat up very bad I'm, i don't i gotta put on the line i'm a fighter you know and i'm different from these guys you know these guys are like they go, oh, I'm the number two, I'm the number five, I'm the, bro, you're just a freaking number. If you're not the champion, if you're not the number one, you, you're just numbers, you know? Everybody know who's the Olympic champion is, right? Oh, this guy's Olympic champion, yeah. And who's the number five? Who's, no one remembers that. So I'm not holding on to that position. I'm taking all the risks. I want to become a champion. And all the gold, then becoming a champion is fighting the, the best guys in, it, that was done, you know, for sure. Choose two steps back or becoming a champion, having another title shot, but no regrets from this fight. You know, Gilbert, we spoke on Friday uh, yeah. for my YouTube channel, and you said he's not the boogeyman. He's not different. He's not going to be anything different than I've seen inside the octagon to get, uh, before. So when you were in there with Hamza Chimaev, was there anything surprising in terms of something he did well or something that you may have expected him to do well that he did not do inside of the octagon? I thought he was going to grapple more. I thought he was going to try to strike more. Freaking guy knocked me down. He got a good momentum on top. But, bro, I'm, I'm no white belt right here, bro. I'm going to keep grappling. I'm going to keep being offensive. A couple hundred feet, a little, a little, I lost, but was a good, like, arm lock attempt just to get him out of, and then I back it up and then I'm like, oh, you don't like that, right? And uh, I hear a couple, I, I have a guy from Sweden at San Fernando and he said, no, the coach was screaming so loud, no more wrestling, no more wrestling. Wow. <laughs> no. And, uh, and no brawl, stop brawling, no more wrestling. And he saw the guy stop to wrestling. So <laughs> nothing, I thought he was going to wrestle and grapple a little bit more. And, uh, but yeah, but he didn't, but other than that, like like I said, no. The only regret, the only regret that I have, is to accept that fight on three rounds. I should get that fight in five rounds the way I ask, and I should fight a little bit more. But they send the country with three with three rounds. They call Ali and say, "Oh, need five rounds," and we fall a little bit. They say no. My regret, I should fight a little bit more. You know, it's crazy though because now we are seeing that that third right fight from the, the uh, main event from the top can be a five-round yeah. fight. We saw with Nate yeah. Diaz. Uh, we saw with Nick Diaz when he fought. So it can be five rounds. And in the way that the fight was trending, it seemed as though, Ryan, maybe you agree, maybe you don't. 
if we go two more rounds, it seemed as though Dorino was the one that was building. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to take nothing away from Hamza. Nothing. The guy was a warrior, but bro, people will be more entertaining. We'll see who's gonna draw first. And the way I see DC, we're not done yet, bro. I'm not done with Hamza. Hamza is right. not for sure. For sure, he earned. He's gonna fight Kobe next, but I'm not done with him. I'm gonna face this guy again. Don't matter when. Don't matter who. And I'm done with the three rounds fight, you bro. I don't want to do three rounds. No <laughs> you choose to fight longer. This, hey, this guy wants to fight longer. I mean, he, 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 he looked like he could have fought all night, even though that fight was as as violent and as and, and as brutal and as competitive of a fight that we had the entire night. You said after the fight, though, that you were going to look at the rankings and see how both of you guys ended up after this fight. And bringing you on, DC said you earned a ton of respect in a loss. I think you became more of a fan favorite. I think you have so many people that are behind you. Now, what is the next step for you? Because you keep saying you want to fight for championships. You want to fight the best. And you also just mentioned not being done with Hamzat Chemaev. What's the next step for you as you continue to try to take that journey to be the champion? I want a big fight next. You know, I want a big fight next. I don't know when. I I kind of understand if if Hamza fights Kobe. You know, if Kobe accepts the fight, just putting my name out there. If Kobe don't accept, I accept. And uh, and the other thing too, the whole top five is busy. You know, this weekend, Luke is fighting Bilal Muhammad, number five and number six. Mm -hmm. uh, number two now, Kobe is fighting Kamaru and uh, Hamza might fight Kobe. So no one in the top five. I want a big fight. You know, maybe I, I know that name is always on the back of my head. It's freaking Nate Diaz. Still got one more fight in the UFC. I can put it on the contract that I'm not going to shoot that guy, that I'm that we just going to be on stand-up. Uh, maybe his brother, Nick, um, I don't know, maybe Masvidal. I know I, I give a little steps backwards to the title shot. Top five is all busy. I want a big fight. And I think the way you just put it on, I think I expect, I I, I deserve a big fight right now. Mm -hmm. You know, giving the opportunity to this guy and putting a show that I did for sure, didn't get a win. But next, I want a big fight. You know, I, I think I deserve a big fight right now. You know, you went from two to four, which isn't that much of a drop. Uh, one more win, and you're right back in line with where you want to be. But over the course of the week, we saw you two uh, have interactions, and the interactions became more and more tense as the week went on. Uh, you say that you're not done with Hamzat. Does that have anything to do with uh, the 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 face to face where he called you small. Then it seemed like you guys were gonna get after each other at the weigh-ins. Did it become a yeah. little bit more personal to Gilbert Burns as the fight got a little closer? I tried to don't 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 let it get personal, but it did get personal. Like, and then even he say, "Oh, his kids talk to me. My kids never talk to him, bro. never." Really? And, because that was one of the things, right? He was like, it was hard for yeah. him. Because talking to your kids, he wants to fight a killer like himself yeah. when he had that feeling for your family after speaking to your children. He fought a killer, bro, and, and I'm a killer, but he never talked to my kids. And uh, in little things, he hit the wish, you know, like, oh, he's a mall. Yeah, 
He said he wanna show me your power. I freaking show my power, brother. You were your, you know, you were in your hands that you're doing the push-ups in the middle of the fight. So <laughs> <laughs> right, I lost. Okay, I lost. But you did a push-up in the middle of the fight a couple of times. And your coach like begging you to don't wrestle, you know. So I think I think it proved a point. And I, I think we're not done, bro. He said so many things. He, he I, I said my only regret is that fight was in the five rounds. I don't want to take nothing away from him. I think I did a good job. I think I landed the powerful shots. The stats say, say one thing. The jersey another thing. I don't want to put that. So Gil, you think you won the fight? Yeah. You think you won the fight? I think we're super close. I, it's hard. Yeah. It's, I'm not a judge. It's hard to me to say that I win. I don't want like again. I don't want to take nothing away from this guy. But if I were super close, we needed like three maybe five more rounds to decide that you know to yeah. see who really won that fight what what makes it so hard for you gilbert to accept this loss is it that you just feel like you're a better fighter than hamzat chamaya you just feel out you rank figure feel, feel like you ran out of time in the three rounds why is it so hard why do you just keep saying i regret losing this fight when everybody feels like you fought so well you fought so great and you truly kept yourself at the top of the championship contenders. Because that fight was very winnable. The fight was, was, was winnable. It, it's like the way for me is easy for you to explain to, to the guys at home is you get a food that you just cook. You cook a meat, you went there, you marinate, you put all the sauce, you went there, you grill it, you put on point, everything stays so good. You take a little bite, you say, man, that's perfect. Whenever you're going to bite, that food is leaves on the floor, the dog cats, the food you don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my feeling, bro. I did everything. <laughs> I, I put in such a hard work. I, 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 bro, I have a psychologist. I have a nutritionist. I have my PT. I have a higher coach. I hire training partners. I put so much work to this fight and the fight was very winnable and i lose and I, i'm 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 i mean i'm very thankful to to the ufc to the fans to the to the support that people giving me but the fight was very winnable and i didn't win i didn't do enough so the way i see i'm not done with hamza i i i the the opportunity that i give to him I want the opportunity back. Now that you yeah. passed your ranks, that you're there, I, I'm, I'm going to look to 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 another shot at you whenever, I don't know, if you fight Kobe or if you fight tomorrow. I want to see this guy again. And, yeah. and we're not done. We got to finish it. I'm not done with Hamza. Last question, Gil, before I let you go. Um, you fought Kamaru Usman. Mm -hmm. Hamza Chimaev was that hot young prospect that everybody was talking about. Usman may be in trouble. This is the guy. After sharing the octagon with him, what does the fight look like between him and Usman? Like, with your opinion, him and Usman, what do you think a fight between them two look like? And do you feel, after being in there 15 minutes with them, that he presents as many challenges as the world may have thought that he would to the champion, Kamar Usman? The way I see, right, I heard both guys, but one guy finished me. Yeah. That guy's Kamar. And the guy has a freaking very high IQ as a fighter. That, that's what it gives to the guy. For sure, the heart, the abilities, we kind of right there, you know, top one, two, we all there. We have great abilities. We have a great heart, mentality. 
but the IQ is the difference, I think. I think Kamaru right now has a different IQ, different experience, being under pressure so many times with the big fights. I think right now Kamaru, Kamaru beats Hamdashimaev. The way I see, I might be wrong, we shall see. But with my opinion being there with both guys, I did three rounds with both guys. One guy finished, the other don't. I just, that's the why I see Kamaru still the best pound for pound right now in the championship division. Because he's like you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, man. And thank you so much for your efforts inside that octagon last weekend, bro. You have nothing to hang your head about. I know as fighters, it's tough to move yeah. forward. But trust me, with the momentum that you took from last weekend, moving forward will be much easier for you than it may have been in the past. So congratulations again. And thank you again for joining us, Gilbert. Man, thank you, brother. Great fight, man. Really appreciate you joining me. For sure. Thank you, guys. Thank you, the fans. And uh, I move forward. I move forward, but I will see these guys soon. Well, that was Gilbert Burns, man. And I think, you know, we all gained so much respect for him uh, for what he did this weekend, not only in taking the fight, but in fighting in the way that he did. But there was also another fight that night that was big, that people were anticipating. And it wasn't just because we had an up-and-coming fighter fighting someone that was elite and has challenged the champion. It was because we had two champs fighting, Piotr yeah. Jan, and Aljamain Sterling. This was something we have been waiting on ever since the legal knee. We've seen Piotr Jan continue to win fights, continue to be big time in the weight class. He beats Corey Sanhagen and he becomes the interim champ. And many people thought the true champ. But yeah. I'm sitting there Saturday night, DC, and Aljamain Sterling is, is, is dominating. Aljamain Sterling is getting takedowns whenever he wants. Aljamain Sterling has taken the back of Piotr Jan in two rounds. And, and, and then I'm shocked and I'm trying to figure out who are these two fighters? Mm. Piotr Jan, who we call the cyborg, who I feel like, you know, you program him and it says seek and destroy. And yeah. he stays on that one path, extremely calm. He almost seemed to fight angry, DC. Mm -hmm. And Aldermaine Sterling understood that and he got in his head and he was in great shape. He moved around. He he kept the motion in the, in the octagon and then got the takedowns. When you look back on that fight, what was the thing that you expected the least that happened that night. You know, honestly, RC, I, I spoke to Aljo last week and his confidence was almost surprising because it looked like he was getting beat on in fight number one. But he said, I couldn't eat. I didn't recover. My weight cut was terrible. I just was not myself. So he goes, just watch. He goes, watch me put it on this boy this weekend. Now, did he just straight out put it on this boy at times? Did yeah. Piotr Jan at times put it on him? Yes. Yeah. It all boiled down to one round of the fight, and it was round number one. But here's where people are so confused in regards to the scoring of this fight. We have no consistency in judging RC. No. Round two was a 10-8 round for Alvin Sterling. Yep. Round, I mean, anybody with two eyes should be able to judge that fight 10-8 for Aljo. So if you're arguing round one goes to Jan, we got a draw. Aljo still mm -hmm. keeps the title, right? Nothing changes. We're back at square one. It was a fantastic fight. Aljamain Sterling was in phenomenal shape. I mean, you can see it all the way into the buildup. Yeah, he man. looked ripped. He looked phenomenal. He, he, he fought hard. Piotr got started a little bit too late, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Round four and five, as he's done on so many occasions, they belong to Piotr Jan. But you can't have a guy bank three rounds as you head into the championship rounds and think that you're going to win a title. But Very DC, competitive you said fight. 
Many people believe that it could have gone the other way, but I don't think by any means there was a robbery. But DC, you said all the time when we watch Piotr Jan fight that fight that he that he fight he 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 finds a way early on in the fight to, to measure his opponent. He's he's processing things, and then we watch him dominate late. But this is the first time we've seen someone in those rounds that he's processing really take advantage of the slow start. Was yep. it just too much for him to overcome? Or, or do you feel like Piotr Jan made some mistakes early on in that fight that allowed Aljermaine Sterling to capitalize? And what were some of those mistakes? You know what's crazy, Brian? This morning, Aljo texted me. I told you, right? Because we spoke, he goes, I told you. Mm -hmm. And so I called him and he goes, I could eat food, Daniel. He goes, I ate on the day of the fight. I could keep food down. So I felt mm -hmm. good going in there. He goes, if you look at the fight in round number three, he goes, I smile yeah. afterwards because I knew, dude, all I got to do is not get finished by this guy because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm banking a 10-8 in round two. Right. And I feel like I won one and three. He goes, so I'm thinking I'm a four rounds going into round four. You want to talk about feeling good going yeah. into a championship round, RC, against a guy that beat you up in the first fight? If you're going to fight Piotr Jan now going forward, you have to understand that there's a little bit of time, RC, to get a head start. It's yeah. like running a 100-yard dash and you let me start at the 20 because you just know you're faster. But what if on one day that person's fast enough to hold you off? That's yeah. what's happening to Piotr Jan right now. He allowed for Aljo to bank rounds early and he couldn't close the gap to get his title back. Did he fight bad? No, I don't think he fought bad. I thought Aljo fought great. He got the takedowns when he needed. And Aljamain once again proved that when he gets you to the ground and he is on yeah. your back, you are not going Man. anywhere. His top control is second to none. And hats off to Aljo because, Ryan, this dude dealt with some shit. Oh, with some stuff. Yeah. He dealt with a lot. <laughs> he dealt with a lot over yeah. the last year because of the way that he won that championship. So if anybody gets to Peacock, you know how they say you Peacock yeah. like this? The nature boy, you yeah. peacock. You yeah. probably chest out. You peacock. <laughs> if anybody gets the peacock, it's Al Jermaine Sterling. When and so now, DC. When we look at we look at the division, right? Al Jermaine Sterling is now the champion. You know, uh, TJ Dillashaw seems like the 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 likely contender or the likely opponent uh, for his first title defense. When you watch the way he was able to fight. Piotr Jan, and you see the fact that Aljamain Sterling has now won. Where do you see both of those guys factoring in to the division? Does, do you see a long reign at the top for Aljamain Sterling? Does Piotr Jan get an immediate shot after the TJ Dillashaw fight if he wins another? Because I feel like because of some of the disrespect to Aljamain yeah. Sterling, because of some of the ways people didn't necessarily feel that he was the champion, and now there's being questions about the scoring of the fight. Is he going to be treated as the true champion? Mm -hmm. Or do you feel the UFC is going to be looking for that next guy or for even Piotr Jan to get another shot at the title? I don't think Piotr Jan has much work to do. That's one thing okay. I don't believe. You know, when you fight that close, that competitive, and you were the champion, he goes and wins another fight, uh, a big fight. I think he'll be right back in the conversation. Do I anticipate Aljo being the top of the division for a while? Yes, it can happen because the guy we saw Saturday, the guy we saw with the ability to take down a fantastic wrestler, 
the way that he switched that, bro, he was one for 18 in the first fight. Yes. He barely missed takedowns last weekend. He did a great job of securing takedowns and securing positions. So I can see him reigning atop the division for a while if he fights in the way that he did last weekend. Now, TJ Dillashaw will be the guy. And that's another very tough fight for Aljamain Sterling, especially if Dillashaw comes back from his injury 100% clean, healthy, and ready to uh, compete at the highest level. You know Dillashaw is going to be in great shape. You know he's going to be ready to fight. He's a former champion. This division is as good as it gets right now. It's exciting. But I don't think much changes after last weekend. I believe Jan is mm. still in play. I believe that Aljo fights Dillashaw. And then we move forward from there. Well, we know that, you know, Aljamain Sterling, you know, is now just starting his championship reign, especially after a tumultuous year where people felt like he didn't necessarily earn the belt. One Ryan, dude I got to ask that, you a question real quick before, yo, before, we, before we move on. Ryan, did you see Aljo's jacket, that pink jacket? That's all with fire, Aljo, bro. Hey, dog. I said, what? Hey, Ryan, I'm talking to you because you a stylish brother. Bro. You are a stylish brother. How these boys start to look when they go off for these title fights? I mean, hey, Izzy be looking fired. DC is different now, bro. It, it, it's different. And you know what? You know what's so crazy? We were so used to seeing that with boxing, right? Yeah. When, when, when boxing was the major combat sport, it was it was it was a fashion show when yeah. these dudes walked into the arena. And I think we're starting to see that too. I mean, you know, Connor was always fresh. Kamaru Usman is always Uzman. fresh. Remember Usman with the red Versace yes. suit? Like, come saying, on. bro. Like these boys, these <laughs> boys are stepping clean. The other thing is this, though, DC. When I think about when I think about the way that they now enter the arena. But why? Why is sure? Why is sure was so open though, Ryan? Like, why? Why not button a couple buttons? I don't understand that. Now you tell DC, me. DC, because that boy ain't like two percent body fat. <laughs> if I was two, hey. If I was 2% body fat, I have my nipples and belly button out too. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, shoot, I'm coming in that day right now. I can't do that. RC can't do that right now. But back in the day, DC, shoot, I would have had it all open too. And that was what the crazy thing, you know, when we were texting during the fight though, DC, and I said, I was like, bruh, Aljamain Sterling is in such great shape. Yes. You know, like the, the, the way he moved and the amount of movement, the, the, the speed, the precision, and he he came there, D.C., with a plan. And yep. I think that that plan in the end, compared to a little bit of Piotr Jan's anger, mm -hmm. is what got Aljermaine Sterling the championship. But a dude that didn't need anger to keep his championship belt, bro, was Alexander Volkanovsky. Man. It was a virtuoso performance. It was almost, though, it, it was one of those things. D.C., you know how when you're watching the NCAA tournament and then – you get these teams that have these upsets. You don't know, like be a disrespectful. Seed don't be disrespectful. I'm about, I'm about to tell you, though, you know, like a 12 seed wins <laughs> or 15 seed wins, and they may win two rounds, and then eventually they get up and deep. they're playing, they're playing number the one. And then it becomes talent, right? And then it becomes a mismatch. This fight seemed like a mismatch from the beginning. And the Korean zombie was game. There was yep. no backup in him. There was no, there, there, there was no, no, the, the moment didn't seem too big. He wasn't scared. He continued to march forward. But Alexander Volkanovsky was just too much. And so my question to you, Dan, DC, and, and he said it even after the fight, like, what's left for this dude to do at 145, bro? Like, who else is there for him? And what should be his next move or the UFC's next move with the champ? 
you know what's crazy, RC? I said don't be disrespectful, but then I'm, I'm like with you right now because it, it really was. Man. We can't help it because it was a washout. It was yes. not competitive from second number one until the fight was yeah. so mercifully stopped. Look, great stop. Do we get on these officials for doing things wrong? So in this instance, we got to tip our hat to her yep. for stopping the fight and knowing that Volkanovski was too far ahead of him. There was nothing the zombie was ever going to be able to do to change the way that this fight was playing out. The talent gap was way too big. Mm -hmm. And when Volk was on our show last week and he was telling us, I got to get a finish, that there's yep. levels, I'm going to put it on this man. It was kind of like, does he just know? Does he know mm -hmm. that when it wasn't going to be Max and they had the options and it became the zombie like, yo, because I'll be honest with you. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. When I got to fight Vulcan for the title, I know they were like, you gonna fight this Vulcan? I'm like, man, what? Y'all still pay me the same? I'm like, if I still get paid the same, like I'm just being honest, bro. Like sometimes you right. just know that these dudes can't go with you. And Zombie could not go no, man. with Volkanovsky. And he has now proven to be one of the greatest featherweights of all time. And when you yep. look at the division, it's hard to look and find anyone outside of Max Holloway, right? Now that's truly going to challenge this dude because mm -hmm. Ortega, for as good as he did, dude got dominated. He got he beat did. up bad as that yep. fight went on. So it, it, I don't see, man. I don't I don't see the guy uh, that's going to challenge Alex right now unless we're talking about the Hawaiian, Max Holloway, yep. or or maybe uh, Henry Cejudo, who's now trying to throw his name in the hat. Yeah, I think, I think though, but Alexander Volkanovsky has now gotten to that point right you know kind of just when you have this type of winning streak when you have this type of dominance in a division and you know i know this is going to be a little blasphemous and, and a little <laughs> sacrilegious uh you know I, i'm not going to go all joe rogan greatest of all time yet <laughs> but you think about anderson silva when he was at it got his boring it got when, boring right it got boring it got and so a little watch bit boring him, right so you'd watch him move up to 205 and fight of Forrest Griffith, just so you can have some excitement or, or some reason to really want to tune in to the fight. And I believe other than Max Holloway, that's now where Alexander Volkanovsky is. And so he's going to need a Henry Cejudo. He's going to need a step up to maybe fight an, an Oliveira or a Justin Gaethje if he wins. And he kind of has that latitude because of his success, DC. And not only his success, his utter dominance of what are considered elite level opponents. And I think that's going to be the hard thing for the UFC now is if it's not Max in 145, then it's no one. And mm -hmm. so in that, does he just continue to dominate and lap the division or do they find other fights for him? And I'm sure in Volk's mind, it's like, if you're going to give me these other fights and if I get these other fights, I need that type of money yep. as well. Is he a big to you, though? Can the UFC or how does the UFC make Alexander Volkanovsky a big enough draw so he can be one of those guys that becomes that specificity fight type person? Well, he's the guy like he needs to become a guy that if his name's that's what Anderson had. Right. Yes. Regardless of if a fight became a bit boring because it seemed like Anderson was cruising so much. Everything that he had, though, was in his name. Because when you mm -hmm. put Anderson Silva on the marquee, people paid, people bought the pay-per-view, people tuned in. Volk isn't necessarily there yet. That's right. why 
There's two title fights on the fight card. That's why you got a Hamza Chumayev. But if he continues to do what he does now, he can get to that point. Because in terms of a fighter, in terms of fighter skill, so good, in terms man. of ability, cardio, uh, technical skills, this dude's as good as they come. And that's why you see him so high up the pound-pound rankings now. But again, it feels like Max Holloway or you got to go searching for something mm -hmm. that makes sense for Alexander Volkanovsky. And you and I both know from last week, Alex will fight the next guy every single every time. time. Next guy yeah. up, okay. It's like when you get a WBC or WBO mandatory challenger and you see Canelo Alvarez standing aside from somebody that you've never heard of because the guy has made his weapon ranking. Because <laughs> <'cause, 'cause laughs> yeah. the guy's next, right? <laughs> yeah, like he's next. Volkanovsky right. will always do that. Right. But by doing that, he'll just continue to lap the division. And the fights will be starting to look very familiar to what we saw last weekend because only the very elite can compete with Alexander the Great. Now, a person that's elite, a person that's worn Olympic gold medal, a person that has worn two UFC championships is Henry Cejudo. And now it's time to go one run with the champ, 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 maybe <laughs> another championship, Henry Cejudo. So when you watch Bantamweights and you watch Featherweights, there's only one guy that plays into the equation in both weight classes. Mm -hmm. It is our next guest, one of our favorite guests. It's time for one round with Henry Cejudo. So welcome to the segment, DCRC <laughs> and Triple C. One of our favorite guests of all time, Henry Cejudo. <laughs> welcome back, champ. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I feel I'm finally back, DC. I just waited for I just waited for you to punch your ticket back into Usada. Man. <laughs> I'm not going back to Usada, man. I'm I'm burnt meat. I'm well done. I'm overcooked. I'm good uh, where I'm at, Henry. You're in the media a lot, man. You have found a way to stay relevant, even in retirement. But the news that just came out is something that gets people excited. It's what we really want to hear about Henry Cejudo. We don't want to hear about him coaching John Jones, boo. We don't want to hear about the great coach that you become, even though that's awesome. We want to hear about Henry Cejudo fighting. And after Saturday, you said, you know what? I'm back in USADA. Olympic champ, flyweight champ, bandweight champ. Now you want to chase a third championship against Alexander Volkanovsky. What went into, the, what went into making that decision to get back into the USADA testing pool? Uh, I'm... The reality is, is the opportunity, man, the storylines that are behind that. You know, Aljamain beating uh, Peter, Peter Jan, and then uh, TJ uh, potentially fighting for the title next, which I think was going to happen. I mean, if you imagine if TJ wins too, I mean, that could set up a big mega fight between both of us. But the person that I really want, because, you know, this, 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 uh, this interview, uh, Cormier, I really just kind of want to share more of, of me, of, of Henry Cejudo, as you said, and, uh, I'm out, I'm out there because I, I believe that nobody at 145 pounds, and it's been proven to, that's going to get past Alexander Volkanovsky. So my biggest thing is I want to challenge, man. I want to challenge that that uh, that nobody believes that I can do it. It's almost like I don't, I don't even do it for me, Daniel. Like, it's a trip, dude. Like, I do it for the people because I know what I'm capable of. You know, I wasn't supposed to win the Olympics. Bro. I wasn't supposed to I wasn't supposed to be Demetrius Johnson. I wasn't yeah. supposed to be this runner up, uh, you know, TJ Dillashaw. I wasn't supposed to beat Marlon Morales. I was an underdog in all these fights. Man, I just, uh, I, I will continue to keep being denied. I think that's kind of what, yeah. that's kind of what pushes me, Daniel. The simple you fact that people don't want to, people don't want to see me win. Do you, but do you is. ever, do you ever be, truly believe that you're an underdog, though, Henry? Bro, like you're talking Ryan. about these fights. You, do you ever believe that you're an Ryan. underdog? I, I can't believe you actually think <laughs> no, that and accept that. I'll, I'll, 
I'll be on. I, you might be right, RC. I think I'm the big <laughs> dog. Dude. I'm never no underdog. You know what I'm saying? It's like come on. I'm the big dog that that's a chihuahua. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, man, yeah. that dude's small, dude. That dude's short. But, man, I could pack a punch. You know what's crazy, Ryan? I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. They were asking me, does Henry have a chance against Volkanovski? And the guy's like, no chance. I go, keep doing this. And then you always yeah. got to explain why you're surprised. Because when you pick against Henry Cejudo, <laughs> he surprises you and he wins. The guy's an absolute winner. And I was going to say that, Henry. It seems like your tone's a little different in this interview. You didn't yeah. come out with the pillows. You don't have the jewelry. It, it, I feel like I'm talking to the guy from the Olympic <laughs> Training Center. Honestly, I feel like I'm just talking to the guy that actually yeah. just, it's a goal in front of you that you want to try and chase down. And at the end of the day, that's what it is for me, DC. I am like, if you, when you put the cringe aside, when you put the character aside, when you put the persona aside, like I am the ultimate competitor, man. Like I really do, man. I don't know, I don't know you know, I put myself in the category of Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, Manny Pacquiao, Michael Jordan as a two world as a two world uh, world champ, but, but just as a competitor in general, dude. Like I, mm -hmm. I want to push the limits of the body to places where it's been unknown. You know what I'm saying? So I think uh, I think that fight with Volkanovski, and I'm and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the promo now, dude, because you know Alexander, like this is me. You've met me before. We've we've gone out drink. We've gone out drinking before. We've actually partied before, and uh, at the end of the day, man, if you want this fight, man, you have to ask for it, man. If you want to make money with Triple C, man, we want to give the fights a, 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 a if you want to give the fans a big uh, a big fight, man. I say we fight and we do it in Australia in front of eighty thousand people, mm -hmm. man. I know, I know, Israel Asanya uh, has a record right now when he fought Robert Whitaker, but wouldn't be nothing like if me and you fought in Australia. I will literally go to your backyard, man, and fight you in your backyard in front of 80,000 people with a record that will never be broken. You can fight this American boy, and I promise you, man, what? I will take your head off in front of your own people, dude. And that's not the cringe. That's not the persona. That's Henry Cejudo talking. So come on, man. Let's make this happen. If you really want to fight me, man, let's make it happen and tell Dana why you want that fight. Don't tell me I'm not proven, man. Don't tell me that he has not. he's done nothing at featherweight. I'm right here, bro. I'm the Olympic champion. I was the youngest in history to ever win Olympic gold medal. I beat the greatest of all time at Demetrius Johnson, man. I defended both of my, my UFC titles. Bro, come on. Let's do it, dude. Let's do it, man. And it's no persona aside, man. This is Henry Cejudo talking to you right now. Sign that damn dotted line, dude. Plain and simple. Hey, Henry, straight up, though, man. Listen, <laughs> you, 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 you know, DC talked about being burnt. You know, burnt chicken. Listen, I'm burnt fish. You know, I'm a pescatarian. I'm burnt <laughs> fish. And ain't nobody eating no hard salmon. But you've been retired for a while and you, you, you've gotten into coaching and you're a great coach. What makes you have the confidence that you can come back and fight on the level of an Alexander Volkanovsky? You're not stepping in and just trying to put your toe in the water. You're diving in head first like a Michael Phelps. What makes you feel like you're ready to be at that elite level right out of the gate like that? Um, because of my IQ, my experience, um, the fact that I've stated the game. You know, what I mean, it's not like it's not like uh, it's not like I've been away from the game. Like I've been in the game. Like I, I've had a chance to really dissect. It's not like I'm the only thing that the only thing that I haven't really done well. Or still be honest with you, man, is that uh, that Mexican food, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> DC, DC ain't the only one that likes that likes Popeyes chicken. You know, Triple C does too. You know right. what I'm saying? So, so that being said, the only thing that I really haven't really taken care of is just has just been my weight. I'm 165 pounds, 170 sometimes, man. That cut would be perfect, man, because you, tri you trim off all that fat, man, like just like that bone. He's only a couple inches taller than me. It's a very winnable fight. 
And uh, I love the fact that I could become the first division check because we all know America's sweetheart. Uh, you know, Cotter McGregor, that blue eyed devil. You, you know, Dana <laughs> Wise, you know, you know, you know, he's gonna be the first one to get that crack at, at, at the three belts. But man, this one's gonna be earned. This one's earned for me, I believe. As a two-sport world champ, can I repeat it one more time, guys? The Olympic champ, the flyweight champ, and the bantamweight champ yeah. in the world, world, defending both of my belts. Alexander Volkanovsky said he wants to fight 155 pounds. Dude, you ain't proven that 155 pounds either. I defended both of my belts. I retired on that Monday, mm-hmm. guys. So at the end of the day, man, I'm coming after. I'm coming after his head. I really am, dude. As a competitor, as a challenger, as as a history maker. So I hope Dana White, the UFC, all these fans get behind it. Because this this isn't the king of cringe, man. This is this is Henry Cejudo speaking right now, and Alexander Volkanovski. If you want this dude, come and get it. Let's do it in your backyard of uh, Melbourne, Australia. Let's sell it out, dude. How big is that stadium, dude? But I was I will make sure, dude. I will make sure to leave with your head back to America, man, and reclaim my stake. Wow, mm. you know, honestly, Henry, that would be massive to go to Australia to watch you guys fight for championship with you chasing history once again. But when we go back a little bit, Henry, and we watch him fight a guy that you trained, that you helped to train in the Korean Zombie on Saturday, what did he do that impressed you? What did he do that left the masses just with their jaws dropped because he looked like an absolute world beater? This fight was not competitive in any way, shape, or form. So what makes you look at him and go, hey, man, this type of guy I want to be competing against, even though I know I can beat him, but he will bring the best out of me. Well, it's because of my IQ, DC. It's my experience, man. I'm, I'm not going to let this dude close like that. Like, dude, his, his reach is so longer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, first of all, I wouldn't let him in like that. Uh, two, I, I would dictate the pace, man. I, and I, I'm just, I'm a different athlete in there. And it was kind of what Zombie didn't do, man. That was the first thing that I brought up at camp that I didn't like. The same reason why I probably I wasn't in the corner, man. You know what I mean? I, I, I helped the Korean Zombie, but I wasn't like spearheading that camp. I based my things off of three things, Daniel. I call it... Uh, Position, composure, and distance. And the, the one thing that I didn't like about Zombie at the beginning of the camp was his position. Now, the number one thing, he leans too heavy on that front leg. He almost gets a little square. And I just don't think it's uh I just don't think it's good, man, because by the time you do get out, DC, you're out, but you're already took in five, six punches, man, before you get out. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I just I, I recognize I recognize a lot of things that he could have that he could have done right, but he didn't. But I, I would be able to have the ability to write those write write those wrongs. You know what I'm saying? There's too much tape on him. There is too too much tape for uh, for for someone like Alexander. If you watch all my fights, DC, like how do you describe my style of, of fighting, dude? I'm a technical savage, man. You never know what I'm going to bring up. I'm going to rush you. I'm going to kick you. I'm going to yeah. strike you. You know what I mean? So. I like my odds. I really do. But I'm not saying Alexander is a killer. I will tell you that right now. But the same reason, the, 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 whatever makes my heart pump, DC, is the same reason why, why I want to fight him. So I have a question for you, Daniel. Who do you want to see Alexander Volkanovsky? And I know, I, I know, I know Max Holloway is your boy. Yeah, but yeah. But you, you, you want to see a third fight like that? Would you like to see this well, my, contender? My deal is, so for me as a fan and, and Ryan too, honestly, I think the question would be better for Ryan, right? Because Ryan is the person that we are trying to involve in the fight, right? The guy that, even though he's a professional athlete, he is a fan of the sport from the outside. For me, I believe that Max Holloway, if you're not in there, is the only one that can compete with him. Yeah. Because he has really distanced himself. So I honestly believe that that question is better suited, Henry, for for Ryan Clark. Because Ryan is the target audience. He is the guy that you're trying to draw in. 
DC, D- DC, DC, you're, you're about to be a part. You're about to run for politics. I'm just being honest. Like, Ryan, I have not six the no, I, I think I, I have it's six months DC before I, before I jump in there. Dude. Yeah. Who else is going to challenge it? Who else has the capability of beating him? Outside of Max Holloway. I don't think anybody at Featherweight can really exactly. compete with him. But, he, yeah, but, he, but even if even if Max Holloway uh, wins DC, um, I, I want him too. I'm out to that belt, bro. Like I really am, dude. Max Holloway, that size, I'm not afraid of that, dude. And the beginning, I never really called on Holloway just for the simple fact because of the length. But as I started studying the sport and really took my time with it, I'm just like, hey, I think I think that would be, uh, you know, they're both going to be tough fights. But I can see myself having a a, a better probability even with Holloway just because of the stats, man. And that's all I got to say. Just because of the length. Sometimes sometimes when you have so much body, is there's so much opportunity too. There you go, RC. No, listen. I, yeah, well, well, exactly. But when I look <laughs> at it though, right, we were waiting on the Max fight. Max was supposed to be fighting. Obviously, the Korean zombie steps in and Alexander Volkanovsky absolutely dominates him. And then we get to see, you know, Aljamain Sterling really shock the world and dominate Piotr Jan, especially taking him down those two rounds in the row, which I thought one was a 10-8 round. When you sit outside and, and you're watching these things take place in the octagon, do you feel like you're a cut above a lot of the champions or a few of the champions at the smaller weight? Do you feel you could beat an Aljamain Sterling or a TJ Dillashaw if, if, he, if he's there, do you feel you beat an Alexander Volkanovsky and the Max Holloway right out of the gate? You get your six months, you're in your side of that loan, you come out, Dana White gives you a fight. Should we expect you or do you expect yourself? Why do you expect yourself to be a guy that can hold that championship belt? Because outside of Max Holloway, the only fight that would interest us at that size would be you. And it would be the storyline and it would be the fact that you're a two division champion. But are you still that type of elite level MMA fighter? Oh, of course, man. When I think of 135 pounds, you know what I think of, RC? You know, the first, the first one that comes to mind is easy money. I'm mm. going to go out there, rob the bank, and, and, and that, that's it. That's, uh, that's what I see, man. I've said it before. RC, DC, you guys saw what I said about Peter Young. He lost. He lost because of the grappling, because of the wrestling. Man, I'm a whole nother level, man. Like my shots, my takedowns are second to none. Ain't nobody in the UFC has my type of wrestling. Nobody. So this is the only reason why I'm, I'm after Volkanovski. And I'm really not even after Volkanovski, man. At this point, man, I'm after, I'm after that third belt. I mean, whatever well, you have it, DC, a little more humble, yeah. less cringe Henry Cejudo, which tells me that that's a dude that truly has his mind on getting another gold wrapped around his waist. But you know what time it is, DC. What time is it, though? It's time to tap in, tap out, brother. Let's go. You know what it is? Where's Corporate Jake? What's up, fellas? What's up, Jake? What's up, brother? (laughs) All right, guys. So this past Saturday, Mackenzie Dern secured a big win over a top five contender in Tisha Torres. Dern continues to showcase she is one of the best BJJ artists in the strawweight division. So DC, tap in or tap out that Dern is is an immediate title contender at 115 Mm. pounds. Immediate, I have to tap out. Because we saw in the Marine Rodriguez fight, that if you can stop the takedowns and force her to stand, she's still too green to be able to compete with the highest level strikers. And when you get to Rose Nama Yunus and you get to Zhang yeah. Wei Li and now Yoana Young Jacek, who's back, that is an absolute problem. So can she build herself into a contender? Yes. But immediately, no, I have to tap out. Yeah, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out as well. When you're watching 
her fight against Tisha Torres this weekend, you know, as long as it's on the feet that she has trouble and the striking is not at the level of some of those names that DC mentioned. And also these are women who understand grappling, who understand staying out of submissions, who understands how to, you know, how to defend takedowns. And so if you have to stand with the Rose Namajunas or uh, a Zhang Wei Li, I think she has a ton of trouble and she isn't ready for that caliber of, of, of champion or opponent, especially watching her last two fights. All right. Another winner from Saturday night was rising prospect Ian Gary. While he did not secure another flashy knockout, he did keep that zero in the loss column intact. Mm -hmm. So RC, tap in or tap out on people saying Ian Gary's performance on Saturday was lackluster. So I, I tap in for this reason. I tap in for this reason. What's the reason Hamzat Chemaev at number 11 got to fight Gilbert Burns? Because he it was, was because blazing through guys. Because he was blazing through guys. And so it's, it, it's lackluster in the sense of it doesn't make you want to see Ian Gary fast track to an opportunity mm -hmm. to fight for a title. You don't want to see him fast track an opportunity to fight a top five guy because you don't necessarily believe that that's a level of competition he can handle. I think it kind of puts you and and obviously Alex Pereira's last fight against Silva, I think was 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 better than Ian Gary's. He was able to be tested and we watched him show metal, you know, with the way he finished in the third round. And, you know, he's getting a, a, a shot against a guy like a Sean Strickland. I don't believe Ian Gary has given us enough of that where we put him in the top five, top six battle. And that's why it's a lackluster performance if you're looking for the next Conor McGregor. I think that's why. And that's why you got to tap out. Because people believe that he is the next coming of Conor. He's a guy that mm -hmm. can talk. But you know what's a little bit different about Ian Gary? And I like Ian Gary. But Conor told you how great he was. It was almost as if you... Kind of, it was almost endearing. Like you're like, oh my god, I want to hear more from this guy. <laughs> right, right. Ian Gary talks, and it's like, but you shouldn't talk so much just yet, Ian Gary. It's right. almost it. It kind of hits you a little bit different mm -hmm. in the way that you. And Ian's a great kid. I'm gonna golf with him very soon. But it's like I don't know what it is, man. It just feels different. And sometimes it's just something in you that you can't really explain. When I see him on the mic and the, the post fight interview goes a little long, the, yeah. the point doesn't come across as as clean as Connor. Uh, but in terms of the performance, I think it was fine. You, you, Problem you know, is you're judging him against what he did the first time. And that's impossible. Yes. You cannot expect these guys to do this over and over again. But I, but isn't but isn't that what's what was so amazing about Hamzat Chemaev early on though was that you didn't you 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 could expect him to that's do that every crazy. time. But that's so un. But that's like that's he's the outlier, right? That can right. go through four fights and do stuff like that, and do it back to back to back to back, and look more impressive every time. When he knocked out Gerald Mearshart, it was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like it was like, "Are you kidding me?" But now it's like Ian Gary, unfortunately, is being judged against those guys because remember, look at what Patty Pimblett just did. Patty yeah. not only got a knockout, then he got a submission. Got a submission. Now he got another young hot prospect that goes and gets a decision. And it's somehow frowned upon when in reality he did okay. It's fine. I just think he needs to tighten up those, uh, tighten up those like post fight skills a little bit. All right, guys. Last one. This coming weekend, Vicente Luque and Bilal Muhammad face off in a rematch seven years in the making. 
except this time both men are ranked in the top five. So DC, tap in or tap out, the winner of Luke A. Muhammad puts himself in, in title contention at welterweight. You see, that's where it becomes interesting because, yes, they do, but there's still work to be done because we know it's Usman and Edwards. Sounds like we want Hamzad versus Kobe, but what if Kobe goes, there's no reason for me to fight this guy unless I get Usman again. And it's like, well, we can't guarantee a third fight when you've lost the first two. Now, the winner of this fight on Saturday could be looking at maybe facing Hamzat Chimaev. Like, mm -hmm. it's getting very interesting in the welterweight division. So, yes, they will put themselves in contention with one more hurdle to cross before they find themselves across from the champion, whoever that may be. Yeah, I, I tap in. I think, I think depending on how the fight goes, though, I don't know if they're one step away from getting an opportunity to fight the champ. And that's what's so crazy when you have a dominant champ like Kamaru Usman is that when you can beat Kobe Covington's and when you can beat the Gilbert Burns of the world, the world, the Jorge Masvidal's, yep. it's not like these dudes are bad fighters. You know, like there are going to be people that says the winner of Luke Muhammad uh, is not better than those dudes, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and they're going to have to fight the Chemayevs and, and the Burns and the, the Covingtons and the Edwards. And so I, I think they, they put themselves in contention talks, but just winning this fight doesn't necessarily say enough. that these dudes are championship contenders right now. No, it won't be enough. They'll have to cross one more hurdle in order to yeah. get to where they're ultimately trying to get. But, hey, long as you're on the short list, especially in the right. UFC, you never know. If all of a sudden you're number four and you get a title shot, you saw it last week with the zombie. zombie. Number four fighting for the championship. So the moment you're in the top five, you have an opportunity. Ryan, last week was fun. It Having was, the man. show back consistently is always fun. But I got an idea I want to pitch to Corporate Jake. With these boys, like you said, stepping so fly. I love that term, Ryan. <laughs> Let's do, we should do a segment stepping fly with Ryan Clark every week. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy. That should be judging people's wardrobe. But my boy Ryan Clark definitely knows how to dress. I think we should take these dudes like, when they show up to these pay-per-views dressed like they dress, and we rating these outfits, right? Hey, I'll rate the outfit. The only way I'll do it, DC, is if you get your people to get me one of them sweatshirts. You if like that? One of those, hey, if I can get my one of those hoodies. like Prince, Gilroy, California, they take care of me. <laughs> hey, man, I love it. But, man, this has been a great show, bro. Yep, I yep. appreciate you. I'm glad yeah, to man. be back weekly. Uh, I'll see you soon. I'll be in uh yes. I'll be in Arizona for the next uh pay-per-view. Get to watch a little Oliveira, Justin Gaethje. Um, but until then, man, go get your golf stroke right. Enjoy yourself. I am RC. That is DC. We are DC and RC. We will holler at y'all.